there's a story I can't get out of my mind. On a recent trip to Zimbabwe, I was having dinner one evening by the Zambezi River near the famous Victoria Falls. I spotted a pontoon boat with a family on it, just motoring by. I said to the people I was with, oh, that's nice. I guess you can go fishing, go swimming. They cut me off. Oh, there's no swimming. Why not, I said. The reply came back, and I'll never forget this. Certain death. The river's crawling with crocs. You wouldn't last 30 seconds. It's a reminder that there are real dangers lurking in Africa's astonishing beauty. One has to be careful here, very careful. They've got crocodiles in the river, and now a so-called crocodile runs the country. I am a son of Nangagwa. Swear that as president of Zimbabwe, a former freedom fighter in the war against white colonial rule, Emerson Manangagwa had been the right-hand man to authoritarian leader Robert Mugabe, who ruled Zimbabwe for more than 30 years. That partnership came to a dramatic end in November 2017, when Mugabe sacked Manangagwa. Manangagwa stayed quiet, a tactic that didn't surprise observers of the man who has been nicknamed the Crocodile for his style in dealing with opponents. The Crocodile bided his time, consolidated his power with the military, and took office in a bloodless coup days later. He's been president ever since. This is the amazing story of what happened when his handlers tried to get our undercover reporters to meet with him. This is Al Jazeera Investigates. I'm Kevin Hurton. Welcome to Gold Mafia, Episode 6, The Crocodile. When we last left you, our undercover team had met with one of Zimbabwe's top diplomats, Ambassador Ubert Angel in London. Our team told him they wanted to launder millions in dirty cash through the country's gold trade. Gold is easy. We can do it right now. We can make the call right now and it's done right this minute. But Ambassador Angel had an even bigger idea in mind. I've been talking to one of our undercover reporters who played the role of Miss Sin, the personal assistant to a man posing as a gangster, we called him Mr. Stanley, and his money man, who used the undercover name Johnny. We hadn't asked for a meeting with the president. We just wanted to meet Ambassador Angel, and they kept pushing for us to meet him. Very quickly, we learned that there was a price to pay to meet the president. So we kept saying, no, no, we don't need to meet the president. It would be great to meet him, of course, but we just want to know that we can make these investments the way we want so we can clean our dirty money through Zimbabwe. But they go, no, no, you need to go and meet the president. It's a very rare opportunity, but we can open this door for you. What's going to cost you? Everything will be done with this person's knowledge. Number one. Number one. Of course. Our team is also talking to Ambassador Angel's right-hand man, a white English preacher named Ricky Doolin. 
Doolin tells them a meeting with number one, which is the secret code name of Zimbabwe's president, won't come cheap. But the benefits will more than outweigh the cost. It becomes legal. More than legal. It becomes, it becomes protected on the highest level so that you are arriving as investors, not people trying to sneak things through the border. Probably when you arrive at the airport on that private jet, you'll have a motorcade to take you to where you need to go. So our plane come in cash, our plane go out gold. That's it. It's a good washing machine, right? They do that time and time again, just to make it very clear that you stick with us, you get direct access, you get guarantees. You fly in, not as criminals, you're not smuggling things in. You're invited in as a presidential guest. Right. Are you thinking, I mean, gosh, you're talking about getting a motorcade to launder money. It's a very strange feeling because of the location in a family fast food restaurant. You don't expect to be talking about these billion dollar deals to launder money through the president's plane. As soon as you're arriving at country, you're now treated as executives. Well, that's what we're looking for. Presidential executive. By the end of the meeting, it's agreed they should have a face-to-face with President Menengagwa. But it is suggested that they might want to think bigger than just your run-of-the-mill, laundering your dirty money through the country's gold industry kind of thing. That's when the team remembered something that Ambassador Angel said during their first meeting in London, something about investing in hotels. Let's talk about gold. And then number two, we talk about hotels. Why are we going to talk about hotels? It's simple. So what he was saying is you need something physical, a building, a development, something where the president can cut a ribbon and that will assure all your, anything else that you want will be granted. Right, he even says like gold is easy. Gold is easy, but there is no way to cut a ribbon. So it's like, gold, fine, we'll do the gold, launder all the money you want. Yeah. But we also, if, as long as you're bringing in money, let's help the president get reelected. Yeah. The politician wants to open something. Yes. So if you're not yes. going to go out there and say, I've got a physical thing I want to do also. He wants a legacy. He wants a legacy. Yeah. I'm trying to say yeah, it without okay. saying it. And as luck would have it, Menengagwa is only days away from making a historic visit to the UK for the UN's climate conference, COP26 in Glasgow. Your Royal Highnesses, Your Excellencies, Lords, Ladies and Gentlemen, welcome to the opening ceremony for the World Leaders Summit of COP26. Only days after that first meeting with Ambassador Angel, the undercover team finds itself rubbing elbows with delegates from around the world at the UN Climate Conference in Glasgow. At this point, we're a day away from meeting the president, potentially. Wow. And with the words, gold is easy, ringing in their ears, the team put their heads together to design a project big enough to impress the president. We tried to come up with the craziest thing we could. The team decided to field test their proposal on Ricky Doolin before showing the ambassador. We're going to show you something. Wow, yeah. good. Wow, yeah. this is nice. You want to build this? Yeah. 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 I think we can do it. 
Of course. We came up with this brilliant idea of building the Great Zimbabwe Casino on Victoria Falls. Wow, this is nice. Great Zimbabwe Integrated Casino. You want to call it Great Zimbabwe? The, the actual place. A casino on the falls. On the falls and with a gold market in the middle. Basically what we've said is we want to make this investment with black money and it would be worth $1.3 billion. So you go in there fully expecting them to be like, ooh, that's a natural wonder of the world. I don't know if we can just do that. And what is the reaction? This is great. He's going to love it. This goes perfectly in line with the vision of the number one. We want it to be a tourist destination. This is a tourist attraction. Big room. The team arranges a second meeting with Ambassador Angel, who's about to take time away from his duties at the climate conference. A couple of things he does in this meeting. One is he doesn't seem like he really believes in climate change, does he? Not at all. <laughs> this is hilarious. I don't believe in climate change. <laughs> I believe somebody's coming someone on climate change. Because <laughs> people who are building all these tall buildings are continuing to say people should buy properties. President Managagwa is the first sitting president in Zimbabwe to be invited to the UK because of sanctions and all that. They're there for the climate change conference and at the conference the president's talking about all these things that need to be done. And here is his presidential envoy, ambassador at large, sitting in front of us saying, no, no, that's not real. It's just a way to do business, climate change. It's all cyclical. The second face-to-face -face meeting with Ambassador Angel goes very well. He's as impressed with the Victoria Falls casino project as Ricky is. The price tag we propose is a staggering $1.2 to $1.3 billion. All black money, all no problem. But a project this large will need buy-in from all parties. They adjourn to discuss the matter privately, often in hushed tones. Let me just say to you, what you want to do is happening, all right? You have got the, the president. He then whispers, you have to get the family involved, especially the president's wife, Zimbabwe's first lady, Auxilia Menengagwa. I spoke to the president with her. Yeah. Then now I'm going to the wife now. This is a family. To make sure everyone is likely. So she likes it. Then Ambassador Angel gets out his phone. And we'll hear from the person on the other end of that phone after a quick break. We live in a world where the news is at our fingertips, where we're one click away from the latest update. But how often do we stop swiping and scrolling and just listen? It's the difference between knowing what's in the headlines and understanding how it got there. I'm Malika Bilal, host of The Take by Al Jazeera, an international news podcast. Three times a week, we bring you the context and the people behind global stories that matter. Subscribe today. Members of our undercover team are about to have a very consequential meeting with Ambassador Ubert Angel of Zimbabwe. 
Mrs. Tan, Missin's boss, and Missin sit across him in a little booth away from everyone else who were in the room. And he calls up the wife. And it's a very fascinating conversation. Hey, my. My mom. Hey, what is it? Here he's the first lady of the country, and she's basically talking about how exactly you get it done. We could use our own planes or we could use their presidential planes. They would want to know even how, how is it, they, are we providing the planes or they provide the planes? You'd think that there would be more hurdles to bringing in $1.3 billion of black money into a country. So she was just saying, yes, it's possible. But that's, we can do that, we can do that, but which plane to those? It depends they are on whether they want to use their own or want to use ours. This is all moving pretty fast, so let's take a moment to acknowledge what's happening here. Here we have the First Lady of Zimbabwe on the phone, casually discussing whether we will need their presidential plane to fly in our dirty money. Here's how former Zimbabwe Finance Minister Tendai Bidi reacted to this evidence. It's worse than I thought. It speaks for itself. It's shocking. This thing is just damning. This thing is shocking. This thing is beyond shocking. So at this point, mission accomplished. They love the pitch, and the president will be in town in just a few days. But there's one small hang-up. So Ricky calls and says... Look, this meeting's going to happen, but this, what's that word? How do you say it when you go to a club and you have to pay? There's like a cover charge? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, it is like a cover. Because his time is so valuable, you guys are going to have to pay a facilitation fee so that we can facilitate the meeting. The facilitation fee will be $200,000. Okay, Ricky's just so I am clear, you mean it's like a donation, right? Um, 200,000? It's it's a, it's a facilitation fee. Okay, and uh, this will confirm the meeting? Correct. It will be a guarantee, guarantee. With the president or with the president's uh, assistant? It will be, it will be with the number one, the president. Number one, the president. And that's where all the alarm bells were going off. Even in Miss Sin's role as a PA to a businessman, it doesn't really make sense. Why would you be offering all these things without checking who I am? Why would you be asking for a bribe this early? Normally, business wouldn't be done this way. So the real Miss Sin would have probably walked away at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Anyone with any business sense would walk away at this point. Ricky Doolin proposes sending us an invoice from a digital marketing firm he owns in Georgia, the country, not the U.S. state. But the clock is ticking. It's the weekend, and the president arrives on Monday. Obviously, we were not going to pay this money to them. So Ms. Sin and her team delayed. By now, the $200,000 bribe has become a singular focus. Ricky calls for another meeting. The number 
I've said is 200. That's non-negotiable. That has to happen. He meets Miss Sin at a crowded restaurant. There are people around, so Doolin delicately deploys a new layer to his secret code word system. He wanted to call the president number one, and at another point, the president became Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. Then, he says, $100,000 would do in a pinch if they could transfer it today. But even if I can do the one, because you are planning to transfer the 100 today. Yes. Is it still possible? And it comes to a point where I think they're desperate. There's a big difference in appreciating somebody and bribing. You know, at this level, people don't bribe nobody. Do you get my point? No. As far as the $200,000 goes, our team is asking questions about avoiding red flag laws with the bank, protecting the ambassador's reputation, all things we thought were quite reasonable requests. But they didn't care, because time was running out. It was hours away from the meeting, and we hadn't transferred the money. And even if we did transfer, it wouldn't get through in time. So they said, all we need is to see a transfer slip. So you approve of payment? In, that's uh, the POP. Yeah, that's it. They use this term so much they have an abbreviation. The, the POP. <laughs> we got to get the POP. Where's the POP? <laughs> Problem is the POP. <laughs> Yeah, all the things you're talking about, about anything you want, it's sorted, it's just you with your beauty. You have like very legitimate concerns. Yeah, but what about this? What about this? He's like, it doesn't matter. We've got the support of any points of the yeah. sky. He's almost like trying to shake you and say like, do you understand what I'm talking about? Like the only person who matters is signing off. And he's like, why are you worrying about these small things? Do you not understand? All that matters is this proof of payment. He even says, okay, if it's not 200, make it 100, right? Yeah. If you can't send that much, send this much first and we'll send, send more later. Right. And then he looks and he says, this watch is worth 50,000. My watch is close to 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had this gold Rolex watch. It seems so small-minded, because if you were a business person, potentially bringing in a $1.3 billion, five to 10 year development plan, to your country, will you be squabbling over 200000 in the first meeting? Everything depends upon them securing this money. No money, no meeting. So the ambassador plays his best hand, and Miss Sin is caught off guard. This meeting is one of those that I will never forget, because one of my biggest regrets happens at this meeting. Ambassador Angel takes me away from the group, one-on-one. He puts his finger to his lips to tell me to keep quiet. I did not have any recording devices on me because the other people in the team had them. Sometimes we change it up a bit, who's recording and who's not. And then he dials who he tells me is President Managagua. So I'm sitting in front of the ambassador in a booth alone and hearing him speak to the president. A lot of it is in Shauna, but the president's talking about how we should do more than just our casino in Victoria Falls. He says, what about on the Zambezi River? Get them to look into the Zambezi. And he talks about how we should have a one-on-one meeting with him. 
and I'm just sitting there wishing that I had made a very different decision that morning. At this point, the ambassador looks exasperated. He can't understand why these people don't get it. All their concerns should melt away. Executive power is total. He even says he can fly in the dirty cash in his diplomatic bag. I'm the second largest diplomat in the country. I can carry me in a bag and nobody touches the bag. Right now I can, I can put some bag like this with 1.2 billion and put a red tape written diplomat. That's it. Just to repeat in case you didn't hear. He said he can have a bag with $1.2 billion and put red tape written diplomat. That's it. He says that like he will never get checked. I'll be the last person anyone suspects. So he's trying to tell us that there are all these different ways readily at our disposal to bring in dirty money. And we're worrying about things that should not be worried about. It will land in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe can't touch it until I get to my house. Yeah, so it's a very, very easy thing. And in a way, he's right. The stuff with Macmillan, they're like flying stuff through Emirates Air, commercial. smuggling. Smuggling stuff in on small planes. They don't need to do that. And he's trying to say, this is what executive power is. But there's a downside to executive power. One that the now former Mr. Gold, Ewan McMillan, a convicted gold smuggler whom we profiled in episode one, tried to warn Miss Sin about a few years earlier. Because once the spigot of cash opens, it never closes. Don't involve the big guy. I will never go down that road again. Pay them pay, and you 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 pay. It's an arrangement Ricky Doolin doesn't even try to downplay when talking about the $200,000 bribe. He makes it clear it will be the first of many. Once we get the ball rolling, like I mentioned to you, there'll be, there'll be points and times along the way where people will need to be greased. Mm. Ministers, different guys, bum bum. But in in country like the one we're talking about, and all across Africa actually, it's the only way to get things done smoothly. It won't be too painful. It'll just be a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. Ricky says there will be points where people need to be greased and that it won't be too painful. McMillan says it's a nightmare. You think, this is just so much money. Why am I paying this much money? And then when the goes down, they say, why am I paying that money? He goes like, don't deal with the people, the big guys, because then you just have to pay and pay and pay. And I realized he was being honest with us. Yeah, he was right. By now, things are getting extremely tense. You guys probably say, yeah, we'll have the money, the check's in the mail. Yeah. What we had said was our bank accounts had run into some problems. We were being investigated and any money we sent out would affect them as well. And they didn't care if we have to burn the bank account because our relationship with the president is more important. Just send the money. Just send it. Eventually, it was time to put up or shut up. Still no... Proof of payment, no POP. No POP. By that night, it all falls apart because it's too close to the meeting. The meeting was supposed to be 8 or 9 a.m. the next morning. And then we get the most frank and angry conversation with Ricky and Ambassador Angel that we've ever had. There were no more code names. Everything was dropped. 
They weren't mad, they were disappointed. It's almost worse. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Ambassador, how are you? Hello, Sin. Yeah, good, good. I think let's just cancel this, all right? Cancel the meeting? Because it's one thing to tell uh, a head of state, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and it keeps changing. Six, 11, 12, now it's 12 hours. But uh, let's cancel this. All right, thank you. It comes off really desperate, and they're they really worried about their relationship with the president. This now gives us a big problem because this is ambassador's reputation that's at stake, and you know, I want to call the president to the wife. Yeah, and then we just I think I think you know that you know that ambassador is making calls with the president and his wife, the first lady, and. Reputation is very, very sensitive, and sometimes you can't even put a price on reputation. When he says, we're really worried about the ambassador's reputation is at stake here, you must have been thinking, as Miss Sin, you're like sympathetic. Oh yeah, you know, you have to think about that. But as a reporter, you're thinking, you have no idea how much your reputation is gonna suffer because of this. We wanna wish you all the success. Maybe you get a better company. Uh, if you're gonna go in Zimbabwe, just know you won't get what better than what you got before. In fact, it won't. It will never happen. Uh, but that's what it is. And with that, it's over. For a man who thought he'd seen everything, Zimbabwe's former finance minister Tendai Bidi seems deeply affected by what we recorded in this undercover operation. This is sad. This is very sad. There's a case on their country. And regrettably, there's a case on Zimbabwe. One of the things that becomes very clear is why Zimbabwe is in the economic state that it is. This is one of the richest countries in terms of resources. It has so much gold, so much, so many diamonds and all these minerals, but none of it is going to the people. None of it is going to the country. It's all being taken by different people who are in charge and it's just enriching their personal pockets. It's on every level. We did not come across a level where a door wouldn't be open just by paying money. We get excited about money laundering because that's like our expertise and we like talking about the systems and the flows of money, but it is important to bring it back to like, there is real economic harm being done to the people of Zimbabwe while these people are living the life, wearing $50,000 watches. And they're in mansions. Aside from that, you, you go to Zimbabwe and you see how there's daily power outages, how hard it is to function, the, the fuel queues to fill up your car go on for hours, getting access to hard currency cash. And these guys have access to, well, executive power, to the banks, and none of it is going back to the country. Yeah, and all their actions are just making all of this stuff worse. None of those featured in this podcast responded to our requests for comment. 
A lawyer representing Ubert Angel later said the ambassador's words and actions were staged as part of a classified national intelligence operation. Angel knew that the undercover operatives were not who they claimed to be, but he played along in order to gain intelligence and see how far Zimbabwe's enemies could go and what their agendas were. In a video released on YouTube, Ricky Doolin said our work had been brutally edited in order to portray a false narrative. Thank you for listening to Gold Mafia. If you enjoyed this season and want to support this type of investigative storytelling, why not leave us a five-star review? And you might also enjoy listening to some of our previous award-winning series, like The Men Who Sell Football or All the Prime Minister's Men. This episode was written and produced by me, Kevin Hurton, with help from Amy Walters. Alexander James and Sarah Yeo are the lead investigators of this series. Craig Pennington is our sound designer. Clean Cuts does the final sound mix. Eric Semithrakis composed our snazzy new theme song. Peter Charlie is the show's executive producer. Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. And Phil Reese is Al Jazeera's director of investigative journalism. We will see you next time. <laughs>